listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast Community. Pharmacists are some of my most favorite people. Reason is, is you're in touch with the communities that you serve, patients that you serve, more so than any other healthcare provider, nine times what the primary care provider is seeing and interacting with patients in their community and people in their community that need to follow up on treatments, to stay adherent on medications. We know the statistics on adherence and uh, the trust level that pharmacists have. There was a paper that was developed uh, back in 2021, and it stated how uh, pharmacists were uh, rated as one of the number one most trusted um, providers. And they gave context, they gave data as to the reasons why one of the reasons for community pharmacies is because that is just it. They're in your community. So they get to drive past your establishment. They get to um, meet up with you, ask questions about things that may not have anything to do with the uh, specific treatments that they're on. So when we think about other healthcare services being delivered to these communities, um, we think about testing, we think about immunizations, we think about birth control, which is an expansion. Community pharmacies are often overlooked in some of those vital roles that they're playing in the healthcare system based on metrics and payment and, and different things. And there are organizations that are concentrating on partnerships with community pharmacists because they know the power of their community pharmacy and how in our public health emergency that we all just experienced through this pandemic, um, the, few, the community pharmacies, they stood up, they, they took a stand they serve their communities in pushing out uh, the COVID-19 vaccines. And, and sure enough, it proved to be successful. And now we see the FDA paying attention to these things and how community pharmacies are becoming uh, the experts in delivering additional pharmacy care. And one of those pharmacy care points is additional testing. So what other um, tests could we be um, what other data could we be pulling from community pharmacists who are trusted in their community? And one of those things might be pharmacogenomics, another blood testing. Um, we met up with uh, with Babson Diagnostics, and we're and we're so excited uh, to uh, welcome back uh, Babson. And more importantly, um, the the ongoing partnership that Babson has made to community pharmacy. Um, if you didn't hear that first interview. Um, no problem. I'm going to put it in the um, show notes where we get to talk with Dr. David Stein, Chief Executive Officer of Babson Diagnostics. He's back. Uh, welcome back, David. Um, I'm excited to be um, to be more aligned now, Babson, than ever. And we have a special announcement that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But welcome back, David. Now it's wonderful to be back, Todd. I think it was a lot of fun last time, and. Um... Looking forward to today, talking today and uh, your preamble about the role of pharmacies and community pharmacies as being a front door to healthcare is a great introduction to what we're going to talk about today. My friend and colleague at Finn Partners, Gil Bash, said, you know, he he's like my my parents had multiple um, physicians and they had one pharmacist and they trusted that pharmacist over yeah. and over and over again. 
Um, that's the same with me. I go to Brownsville Family Pharmacy right here in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Um, I know I, Kaylin. I know the technicians. They know me. They know my family. There's something about trust and the world of testing and how we can take advantage in, a, in, in, in the community to build that trust with other things. We're hearing about clinical trials now being uh, partnered with community pharmacies. Babson recognized that. I want you to describe to our listeners why you thought and when you thought, hey, community pharmacy is a, is a great partnership because of the foundation of trust that they have in their communities. Sure. Um, no, it, it's a great question. I think Babson started back in 2015. And in 2015, we asked the question, you know, diagnostic blood testing informs 70% of clinical decisions. It's probably the most important thing you could do to know your biology. And we said there needs to be a better way, right? Largely, it hasn't changed in 70 years. You still need a needle in the vein. And there are areas that have seen innovation, like point-of-care testing for um, when you're trying to diagnose an acute condition or what we saw during COVID for rapid testing, but the broad testing that you would do to monitor your wellness, to monitor your health, to treat disease, to, to prevent disease was not easy to do and still required patient service centers and various other things. So we said, if we're going to reimagine the end-to-end -end process and make it so you can increase accessibility and convenience, you still need to think about where do you want to get it done? And like you said in your, in your intro, so we looked at what settings are in very close proximity of almost all Americans. And also um, that had done the transition we're looking to do before and what jumped out was pharmacies and community pharmacies. It's funny, you know, if 15 years ago, if you needed a, a simple vaccine, you had to make an appointment with your doctor or go to the hospital or go to some kind of fair. If I said to you now, make a make an appointment with your doctor to get a vaccine, you would say, "What are you crazy?" Yeah. Right. And we and we've seen multiple areas where 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 things have become a lot more convenient and a lot more accessible. So our thing was our, our kind of um, our hypothesis was: if you could reimagine ecosystem and truly make broad testing accessible and convenient. The first place people would go to get it done is community pharmacies and retail pharmacies. And that's what we focus on that segment. I think of the barriers to care, David, and I think of pharmacy deserts. I think of places throughout the United States that the only health care provider for miles away um, is that community pharmacy because it was it was needed. And it was built by someone that was in the community themselves that grew up yeah. um, there and they opened up their business and they were already trusted the, they were known um, and, and they, they had the ability to build that trust because they were part of that community. So. Yeah, I think it's even bigger than that, Todd. Yeah. Um, so we tend to think that, that healthcare deserts or medical deserts happen in rural communities right? They actually happen in inner cities, maybe as much. I don't have the statistics in front of me. I could just tell you from our own personal experience, one thing as a science first company, you know, with, with integrity being kind of a key value of ours is we're constantly in clinical studies in the field, in actual pharmacies, right? Because you want to do your testing 
um, in real life situations with real people, with real pharmacy techs and customer care people and pharmacists. You could, you could stimulate anything in a lab, but it's not the same being in front of people. And one thing that was, you know, really hit home for me is we talk a lot about social determinants of health and accessibility. Well, what's, what's crazy is we were in a, a major U.S. city, probably a top five by population, in a very busy downtown area. And the feedback from people across all socioeconomic, um, you know, different levels, socioeconomic uh, levels, was that for them to go get routine blood testing, it was a 40-minute bus ride. That was the closest one away. Or they had to wait multiple hours at a local large hospital chain. So our whole thing was, even though you would think if you're in a major downtown metropolitan area with, with very rich people and people that are that are on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale, that you should be able to have tremendous accessibility. The truth was you couldn't. That unless you were able to somehow Uber off hours, then it would be, you know, two bus rides in 40 minutes. So, and then there's other aspects, which is, you know, I think I brought up in the last podcast, which is my wife when my kids were young, she stayed home with them. You know, if she had to go to a lab at six or seven or eight in the morning, it wouldn't have worked. You know, what makes pharmacies beautiful is, they're open when people need them. They're accessible when people need them. And they are where you are, right? There's a pharmacy pretty much within five miles of everybody in the U.S. So it's just a great accessibility play, no matter if you're in a very rural area or if you're in a very packed urban area. I think of barriers to proper testing. And I think that there are many reasons, and we could get into those reasons, we could get into the statistics, but I want to hear from your perspective um, what Babson has done to try to alleviate as many of those barriers as possible with your partnerships with community pharmacies. Yeah, I, well, I think it, it first starts with, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not launched yet, but we're doing a lot of clinical studies and we're preparing for full launch. And the, the key thing was we had to reimagine the way blood testing is done. The, the gold standard for the last 70 plus years is you go to a, a waiting room, you wait, you get your name called, and you have venipuncture performed by a trained phlebotomist. That phlebotomist, then after they, they take your blood, first they have to know what tests are ordered, they have to check your insurance, they have to say are they collecting them the right amount of tubes. Then they have to actually collect the blood, mix it properly, do a whole bunch of pre-analytics, including timing the samples, centrifuging right at the right time, refrigerating them, adding labels to them. And as you can see from that, it's not something that's very compatible with the transactional nature of retail pharmacy. You could, I could never imagine, even if, if a tech could do blood collection, um, then having to set a timer and wonder whether a customer hearing a timer go off and they go to centrifuge and do stuff. So our first thing was make it so that almost anybody or anybody we train could do the collection very quickly. Right. So actually, I'll step even before that, even before that, make sure it had digital ease. Make sure that when you showed up in a pharmacy, just like you did with your vaccines, if you set up for a vaccine, all your health insurance, copay, backup, knowledge was done beforehand. So you don't have to worry about going to the cashier and exchanging money. That's a huge benefit for a transaction. Then make it super easy for the pharmacy tech the cashier, anybody we train, not the not a phlebotomist, 
doesn't have to be the the pharmacist. Truly, we've done probably 99% of our collections with pharmacy techs or or cashiers. And when I say a pharmacy tech, we've had people that have been on a job for three days. High school graduates that have the title of pharmacy tech, but have never filled a prescription, right? So it's that easy to train people. You make it super easy for people to collect a high quality, relatively large sample from somebody very easily using a method that they find very, um, very friendly. And, and, and actually people think is pretty cool then fully automate all the, the, the processes that people mess up, which is fully automate connecting you to your tube, fully automate where you tell them what kind of samples to collect, but don't tell them what testing is being done so your HIPAA is preserved. Fully automate all the mixing, the chilling, the centrifugation, and fully automate the restocking supplies so that you, you ask the, the pharmacy and the community pharmacies to do what they do really well, which is incredible customer service and a very quick interaction to collect the sample and Babson handles the rest. And again, to do this, we had to rethink with our partner, partner Beckton Dickinson, how to collect a very high quality blood sample where somebody that is a trained healthcare worker, but just somebody we train collects very easily in very urban settings, very suburban settings, any kind of decentralized settings at a pharmacy. Typically, we're using the same room as the, as the vaccine. Then after that, ensure chain of custody, automate everything so that the, the pharmacy doesn't have to worry about it. And then couple that with our high volume microsample labs, we run gold standard instruments where you get economies of scale and then you breath. So you're not, it's not in the olden days where because you did a point of care test, you only get one or two tests. Maybe they were accurate, maybe they weren't, maybe they, they weren't cost effective. They were great for the first patient, um, but that you couldn't do large panels. You couldn't, um, you couldn't, you know, very easily do with anybody in, in the pharmacy. You need a clear licensure, things like that. How can we break that bubble where when you got advantages in one area, when you push on one end of the balloon, the other balloon moved around? Our thing was you want accessibility and convenience, broad menu, quality, you know, economies of scale and cost without making a sacrifice, without sacrificing any of that. And that's what we've done, right? And our whole goal is to make Diagnostic blood testing, both routine, modern disease, specialty, hugely accessible and convenient because it's critical. It's critical to almost anything you're to do to drive wellness, to prevent disease, and to treat disease. We've proven now over and over again, millions and millions of vaccines and tests that community pharmacy is prepared to do um, more than, than what they were doing. As long as we are sensitive to the staffing and the expertise that is present, including some of the expansion of, of testing, I, we hear lots of our independent community pharmacies digging into uh, genomics and, and, and how pharmacogenomics and the efficacy of certain medications are different for one patient based on DNA than the others. And now they share all of that data with the prescribing uh, physician and the physician kicks it back to the pharmacist and says, dig in, you know, dig into diabetes management, dig into continuous glucose monitoring, dig into re re remote patient monitoring. So it's exciting for me, uh, someone who has watched community pharmacy rise and and start doing more uh, than than what was traditionally thought of, and having a partner to lead them and to execute in blood testing. 
So I, I wanted you to take us through what blood testing would, would unlock for, for these community pharmacies that are out there. Yeah, I think in anything, what is an unlock for the person and what is an unlock for the whole ecosystem of healthcare, right? So when we talk about what BAPS is going to do, we're looking to, to test the most frequently ordered and, and broad routine panels. So complete blood count, hematology parameters like red blood cells and platelets and white blood cells and all the differentials behind that. The composite metabolic panel and, and the deeper AMA panels like hepatic panel and renal panel looking at broad systems from liver and the kidneys and everything. Lipids, which people are pretty familiar with and specialty lipids, thyroid tests, um, hemoglobin A1C. So you can look, so when you start to look at that, we're doing the majority of, of testing that people do for not only wellness, routine, routine screening, but also disease monitoring, start to say, how does this unlock, you know, efficiency in the overall healthcare system, right? So again, as you said, pharmacies see people a lot, right? I think you said nine times more in your, in your preamble. If you're monitoring disease, you probably see them 30 times more than your doctor, right? And I think the key thing here is, because it's so convenient, you get the testing done. The doctor is able to adjust your therapy very quickly to improve outcomes. Payers see improvement in, in people, God forbid, going to the hospital for acute ailments, and it sets up this reinforcing loop, right? And that's what we all want to do, which is if we can't diagnose disease earlier, then we want to get people in a treatment path very quickly. So a perfect example is a diabetic patient where, you know, they can come in, they've got their, their drug, but also at the same time, get their A1C, their lipids, their, their liver enzymes tested, right? Or a gap in care where a doctor could say to the, to the pharmacist, when this person comes in for, a, for a, a refill, can you ask them to get their blood tested as a standing order? Because they haven't been very compliant, right? But on a good side, the nice thing is for people that are relatively healthy, hopefully people on this call, you could imagine a pharmacy then running an employee health screen where you partner with the large employers in your area and you and you offer the service, right? When you're in the area, stop by pharmacy A, B, or C and do a, a yearly blood screen. It's great for the employer because most likely they're going to get a significant break on their on their the health insurance or the co-insurance. It's great for you because you get screening. It's great for the pharmacy because it creates that tighter bond, right? So if you look at the three main aspects of, of or four main aspects of, of healthcare, right? The us as consumers, the outlets like a pharmacy, payers and providers, there's only a benefit to it, right? People being healthy and driving health and driving quicker iteration cycles through treating disease and preventing disease is, is a benefit to everybody. And that's the beauty here, right? We saw that during COVID. It was really amazing. The same model got employed very quickly, right, <clears throat> for COVID testing. Very quickly, you went to a pharmacy, you quickly got a sample taken, usually in your nose. Same day or next day, you got the result. Your doctor knew about it, and you, took, you went the loop through. And we saw the power of it. And it's very, it's very funny because right after that, people said to me, why would I go to a patient service center or a doctor's office to get my blood drawn? Why can't I do it at the pharmacy? It's worked so great for COVID, right? that why can't the same thing work for broad testing? We had to explain that the ecosystem and, and starting from collection and, and the pre-analytics isn't in place yet, but with BAPS and we will have it. 
So the way we would do training is typically now with um, after vaccines, most people have bloodborne pathogen and kind of the base level of training. We come in, we do a little bit of a, a discussion, and then we do practical training, takes less than an hour. And we see as we approach scale with a pharmacy, we would do train a trainer. So we'd allow it that that um, people can train. Part of our support of pharmacies will be somebody that you have the phone number to. If you ever need help, you never need anything, you call them and they'll be right at your pharmacy. Right. So our carriers are there every day picking up, picking up the, the samples, restocking supplies. So they're a great um, collaborator for our, for our pharmacy teams. But you will have a dedicated person that comes, trains, helps. But we see it being measured in tens of minutes, not in hours when it comes to training new people. And I think what's really cool is as, as we start to get closer to launch, you start to see our end-to-end -end process and the details. People at NACDS this year can sign up to get a demo and see it. Um, you'll see how intuitive it is, right? And how quick you can figure out how to do it. And that's the beauty of this design. So I, I think we've had the cat in the bag long enough, uh, let them out that uh, the Pharmacy Podcast Network will be partnered with um, with Babson Diagnostics at the NACDS. Uh, we're going to be embedded in your booth. I'm so excited about this opportunity to uh, to be uh, in the middle of this uh, exhibit uh, center and and having some of the greatest minds of the business of pharmacy, um, you know, walking through there. Um, if you're listening to this episode and you want to share something that's innovative in the transformation of pharmacy, because pharmacy has been going through a major upheaval and transformation from the inside out. I started in 2004, David, in the pharmacy marketplace. And yeah. in the last 10 years, I have seen so many wonderful changes happening to our marketplace. We're obviously not in, in any kind of utopia, far from it. There's lots to still do. But I see an amazing surge in innovation as well as uh, practice transformation. Um, you know, CPSN in transforming uh, the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network with community pharmacies and what they're doing for clinical programs. Blood testing folds right into this transformation. Um, we're going to be at Babson's booth. It's going to be booth number 359. Uh, we're going to be tweeting about this and sharing it on LinkedIn as well as uh, Instagram. But David, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of this and, and really helping to bring um, these new uh, solutions and services to community pharmacy. I want you to kind of share with our um, listeners a little bit about those clinical studies that I just mentioned and what you're conducting with community retail pharmacies. Sure. Um, so one, we're super excited to have you with us at NACDS, and uh, we're super excited to see the NACDS community, and we'll be doing demos and other things at at the show, so it's not that far away, but um, no, just can't wait. Uh, so typically, what we 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 do various different studies um, with our with our pharmacy partners. Typically, we're looking at the the results correlation between the Babson ecosystem and the current way of doing blood testing with venipuncture. So we recruit people, they come to a retail pharmacy, it's, everything's done under IRB and informed consent, it's a true clinical study. Um, either we're looking at specific assays or specific disease states we're looking to recruit for and test or that correlate to limits of analytical ranges we're interested in. Typically people come and they get samples taken using venipuncture 
And those are tested either in a Babson lab or in a Babson lab and third-party labs. So we get results across a broad set of analytes. Then at the same time, they get one of a pharmacy tech, usually the pharmacy employee will collect blood using the Babson ecosystem. And this way it gives us a, a, a way of comparing apples to apples, right? Since the blood road, you know, blood samples are taken within minutes of each other, we get a way of looking from the same person, what is the performance across Venus and across Babson, across, you know, being tested on the same analytical equipment, different analytical equipment, um, how time impacts it, how other factors impact it, so that as we're going through our regulatory approvals and getting ready for launch, we have a very robust and trusted solution. We're a science-first company, right? We have myself, Eric Olson, the founder. If you look at who's part of the company with Siemens and Becton Dickinson on our board, our side of the advisory board, who's the who's who of, of clinical chemistry and two past presidents of the American Association of Clinical Chemistry on our scientific advisory board. Um, I think I said it on the last podcast, we will only do things and release products that we'd have a loved one tested on in a life or death situation. And that's reflected in the rigor we put into our clinical studies and the rigor we put daily into the science behind our products and how we're designing it so that it truly is compatible with the workflow of a pharmacy and a workflow of accessible and convenient locations. Well, that's exciting. And I know that there are listeners right now who will be in attendance. Um, I want them to ask questions. I want them to bring yep. other thoughts um, uh, about uh, testing. Even if it's not around diagnostic or blood testing, we want you to be a part of this environment. Um, I think that's my most favorite part of these conferences, David, is to have um, new ideas and innovation being shared. Um, I, I really want to take um, the time at this event to have people ask those questions so that they feel confident in the micro chains that they're that they're growing we have community pharmacy owners um, that are at that fourth location sixth location 12th location and having a blood testing um, part of their services extend to their community would be an amazing instead of having to go to uh, another bigger organization that they, they don't they don't know anybody coming to their community, I think is, is going to be um, really important. Um, I think of uh, the timing of this. Do you have anything that you can share around um, kind of that launch go date? Uh, if, if you're giving away any secrets, we can. Yeah, it's not a secret, but I just, my best practices, I, I don't want, you know, we're, we're doing the right thing when it comes to the regulatory pathways We're working with the FDA. So I'd rather us, um, we'll be very transparent as we get closer to launch. We're very happy with our progress. We're very happy with the, the status of our clinical studies. I, it, sooner than later. So um, we're, I'd rather not quote an exact date at this moment. Very good. Um, we'll be watching. Uh, we'll be interested in, in learning more. Easy to remember, it will be in the show notes, www.babsondx.com forward slash NACDS. David, we can't wait for your return. I will tell our listeners that David's going to be recurring and coming through a little bit more often than, than before because we have pharmacy owners that are going to want to talk with you. We have partners at the I'm National Community Pharmacists Association who are interested in this. We have... Uh, partnerships at the NASP, the National Association of Specialty Pharmacies that will be interested in this. So 
lots to do together and we're so excited and very proud to be part of this. Sounds wonderful. A huge thank you for today and looking forward to the next few weeks. Thank you. And once again, NACDS 2022, the Total Store Expo, August 27th through 29th in Boston, Massachusetts. I can't wait to see you there. Please reach out to us. Tag us on uh, social media at Pharmacy Podcast. We will get you in touch with the Babson team. And if you're there, stop by and see us. (music) 